What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? My name is Owen, and welcome to the Geekly Weekly Podcast, your source for Geekly News Weekly. Hello, hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Geekly Weekly Podcast. So uh, this is actually my first podcast, so I'm going to give a, a brief introduction here. Uh, my name is Owen, and I'm a huge nerd, or geek, uh, however you want to say it. Um, there is a difference, but I won't go into it today. And um, really into Marvel, really into Star Wars. Um, have a huge, not really huge, but I'm uh, growing a comic book collection and a D&D group uh, steadily. Um, and I love tabletop gaming, uh, just console gaming in general, um, making theories. Sometimes my brother and I will just kind of sit down and talk about the latest theories for the shows we're watching, uh, which is always fun. Uh, okay, so now to get into the news. So uh, first up, fresh off the presses, uh, we got some new Mandalorian news. Uh, there has been leaks that um, the Mandalorian is going to be filming uh, next month which I'm super hyped for, uh, and that's going to be season three of The Mandalorian. And ever since the post credit scene of The Mandalorian season two, um, I have been hyped for this. So I'm pretty sure we're getting Book of Boba um, in December, which is going to be super fun. And then I believe we're getting uh, Mandalorian season three sometime probably like 2022, I want to say. Uh, but they're going to start filming next month. So that is fun. Uh, next up, um, I wanted to do a quick portion on the new What If show. Uh, what If, um, I've seen season, uh, uh, sorry, episodes one and two, and I have to say uh, Marvel has done an excellent job, and I am loving What If. Uh, if you haven't seen What If, um, basically it is a show, um, basically it's sort of like the comic book series What If, in that um, it it basically goes on, what if something was different? What if um, one thing changed everything is basically the premise of the show. And it's on Disney+. Plus. Uh, we're not sponsored by Disney+, Plus in any way. Um, but I do want to kind of plug that show because that show is amazing. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. That's What If on Disney+. Plus. Anyways, the first episode, uh, I'm just going to go along... Um, I, I, there's probably going to be spoilers in this podcast, so warning uh, uh, up front. Um, but I do want to, um, I do want to to review it because it's a really great show. Uh, first episode was "What If Peggy Carter Was the First Avenger," which was I gotta say trippy. Um, it was awesome. It was really great to to see her in that position, but. It was, I gotta say, like really trippy, and in a good way. I'm, I'm not, I'm not knocking it. It was, it was really excellent going along and going. Oh wow, uh, that changed right there. So um, basically, Jeffrey Wright's Watcher is the uh, sort of curator of this uh, multiverse, and like our our universe has been assigned to this particular Watcher. And if you don't know, Watchers in the comics are basically these kind of basically what they are they they're watchers they're um they basically interdimensional and multiversal curators who just kind of watch history and record everything and this watcher uatu is his name is assigned to our universe and he is basically recording everything that's happening and um basically we we kind of start the episode in 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 a way that is normal like um sort of happen in the movie and then 
what was kind of like this is just kind of a random thing in the movie. Um, in in the actual first Avenger movie, the Doctor Erskine, um, he basically says, um, "Oh, wouldn't you be more comfortable in the booth, Peggy?" And Peggy says, uh, "No, no, no, I prefer to stay." Like that's sort of the thing that changes the entire reality. And because she decides to stay, everyone decides to stay in the room. And um, it was really interesting to see because uh, the attack happens like a little bit earlier and it causes uh, uh, Steve to get injured and Peggy has to kind of jump in. Um, but it's, it also is really interesting because where, whereas Steve had to face challenges, uh, now Peggy has to face like even harder challenges because she has to work twice as hard um, to, to prove herself since it's the 40s. And she ends up... Um, not with the, the, the Stars and Stripes on the shield. It sort of is Stars and Stripes, but in the center of it is the Union Jack of, of Great Britain. And she fights Hydra. But it, Hydra has sort of a different goal in this show. And I'm not sure, like, how that happened. It was kind of interesting to be like, hmm, I wonder how this one thing changed this. Because it seemed to me... As like the Hy like Hydra would have like just the same goal, uh, going through, but they had just a completely different thing. They weren't gonna bomb everyone. They were they were gonna um they had this giant like squid thing. Uh, I'm not really sure what the, what it is, but they had this basically like kraken come out of a portal, and it kind of had the same like uh, effect, I guess. Like it would have destroyed everything. Um. But it was it was interesting because I was trying to look through the show and be like, oh, this one thing uh, changed their goal. But it seemed to me that it was just like a random thing like, oh, oh I'll just do this Hydra thing, which um, I think it's interesting to look through the show because as you're kind of watching the show, it, it, it becomes it becomes sort of an Easter egg hunt, you know, like looking through the, the show and wondering what happened. I don't want to spoil too much of the ending, so, um, like, I've already spoiled a lot, so I'll just kind of leave it there. But the ending kind of set up the rest of the show, I will say that. Uh, the next episode, I do want to go into episode two a little bit, uh, which happened uh, today. I'm recording on Wednesday, and that, that came out, at least, I don't know about other time zones, but it happened uh, today for us in the U.S. Uh, this episode was about what if T'Challa was Star-Lord. Which I gotta say was even more interesting than the first episode. Because everything in this episode just completely flipped the entire MCU. So it starts with a young T'Challa. You know, I don't know how old he is. He's probably like 10 years old. Nine, nine or 10. I would probably uh, peg his age at. Um, and he's wanting to explore the world. But his father is a little bit more tentative. He's like, oh, the world doesn't you know, appreciate us. They... They only bring hate and destruction, and T'Challa is not really caring. He's like, but, it, you know, we can change it. We can, you know, change the world, basically, and he wants to go and explore. Uh, at one point, one night, he runs out into the Wakandan wilderness and goes past the border to Wakanda and runs into uh, Yondu's Ravagers. And the Ravagers don't really know, like, Terran from Terran or, like, Earth person from Earth person. So they, they just think they're picking up Peter Quill. And they bring him to Yondu, and Yondu's like, that is not what I asked you to bring back. Uh, but Yondu kind of takes the uh, takes the the um, the win, I guess, takes the, he, he turns a, a negative into a positive, And he says, oh, you know, T'Challa, you can come with us. 
and T'Challa ends up exploring the entire universe. And he is actually like more famous than Peter Quill was, uh, it seems, because when he was stealing the orb from uh, that one, the one dude, he, I don't know what he, what's his name, but he's like a machine sort of dude. He's, he's, he tries to steal the orb from, from Peter Quill in the original movie, but it actually turns out being a cool relationship between Yondu and, and T'Challa, and, and also he ends up like hiring a crew. Which is really interesting when we see Thanos just kicking it with everyone. So apparently Thanos had basically the same goal that he had in the in the original MCU, but this time T'Challa was able to kind of like turn him to the good side, <laughs> which was really interesting. Thanos was just kind of like 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 bro. He was just a bro with everyone. Like he was a good. He, he was just a good person, which was a really interesting thing because throughout the entire show, I was just waiting for him to like become bad, and it never happened. It just he was he was just a, constantly a good person, which I don't know how I feel about it because I feel like Thanos's nature is to just kind of ignore social socialness, and he just kind of does his own thing. And um, I, I have been you know listening to theories and reviews on this, um, but my personal opinion is that I I thought it was interesting. I didn't like it though. I wish they would have made him possibly betray everyone because that would have made it more interesting and could have set up for a lot of other what ifs um in in the universe and that was cool um the rest of it was kind of you know straightforward in terms of the the episode um but moving on uh bad batch for star wars uh their finale aired uh i believe it was last friday and i gotta say the bad batch as a whole uh, the first episode, and, you know, there was a couple episodes in there that were really cool. But as a show, it sort of underwhelmed me. Um, the Bad Batch, of course, is a show about uh, genetically in genetically enhanced, but also kind of like, like not, like defective clones who... Um, kind of go on their own missions. But this is around the time of Order Order 66 when they kind of defect from the Empire. Um, it was, as a, as a whole, it was kind of... Like, the first episode set the series in a way that I was like, oh man, they can do so much with this. But it, it left me kind of underwhelmed. The finale, though, made it all worth it. Like, like I'm glad I stuck around for the finale. But, like, the in-between, it was just kind of hard to get through. But we did see some familiar faces, which I, I did like. They kind of added, like, a person from the Clone Wars here and there from uh, episode to episode. And then also introduced new characters. Like, there was a Trandoshan, I think she's Trandoshan, um, like, bartender slash bounty hunter kingpin, who I really liked. Um, I forget her name. Oh, Sid. Sid was the name. Uh, I did like Sid. She was a very cool character, and I hope she returns either in animation or in live action. But I, I prefer animation for this character, so I hope they kind of leave it at that. Uh, but I'm good either way. Anyway, um, that was a really cool show, and they're going to be bringing it back for a season two, which I am, I gotta say, pretty excited for. Uh, I, I think I can, I think I can stick around for another season. It was definitely interesting. Um... Next up, a couple weeks ago, and I know I know this is kind of late news, um, but me and my friends actually went to see Black Widow, which is another MCU release. Um, Black Widow, it was pretty awesome. I gotta say, 
it has been such a long wait for an MCU movie, and it, like we've gotten all these shows and stuff, but it's been like I think over a year since we we had gotten a movie, and I gotta say it was worth the wait. Black Widow was amazing. Um, there were some things in there that like they had changed from the comics, and they didn't really stay true to. Um, but I gotta say it was worth it just to see this movie. Like Taskmaster was way different than it was in the comics. They kind of made it like a, a robot terminator kind of thing and they didn't really give any emotion to it um but it was it was still fun uh the big reveal of who taskmaster was was also awesome uh i don't want to spoil too much about this movie but they did introduce uh, a new organization uh called the red room which was awesome it's great to have more big bad organizations i mean we do get an occasional one but like like I think since Hydra there hasn't been like a big one and this one seemed like a like a legitimate threat. Um they have like sleeper agents kind of lying in wait around the world which I thought was a really cool concept. Um they it, it, there's a lot of like feminist undertones and they didn't like outright say like like f like feminism was the the tone of the movie but I thought it was really cool that they kind of added in little um uh, undertones f uh, to the movie that made it made it all worth it um and of course scarlett johansson was amazing uh in this role she she um she seems like she's um like uh, she's she's really a badass when it comes to to movies like this and i'm glad that they gave her her own movie because she was due for one ever since the avengers came out because I, I'm glad Hawkeye's getting his own show, too, because I feel like we didn't get to see those characters kind of front and center enough, and I'm glad that we do now. Uh, that being said, uh, the post-credit scene contained kind of a, a little reference to what I think we're, or a little taste of what we're going to get in Hawkeye, and I'm very excited for that. So if you haven't gone to see Black Widow yet, go see Black Widow. Like, now, you guys need to see Black Widow. All right, so um, up next we have a little featurette, or feature, I don't really know. Uh, two features, actually. Um, so I have been watching the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, again in like how they were published order, and it has been very fun, and I do want to kind of uh, make this a little feature as I go through all the movies um, to give them a little um, how they've aged, a little run-through, and I've seen, so far, the first two Iron Man movies. And um, I gotta say, originally, I didn't love them in the context of like the entire Marvel Universe. I thought maybe they were a little dark, or that they didn't have enough relation to the rest of the universe. And I gotta say, watching them again, I, I think it was cool. It, it gave more... Um, it gave Iron Man sort of his... Tony Stark his... Uh, personality and, and kind of fleshed out the character a little bit and I'm glad that we got to see him because he starts out as kind of this person who's just uh, you know he, he even says at the beginning of the movie um, that his dad said that uh, w warfare is all about having a bigger stick than the other guy and I'm glad that they kind of gave him this character of like what am I doing with my life and selling all these weapons and I'm glad that they they did that because his character arc, it's it was kind of immediate at first, and they kind of not really forced it, but it was an immediate like like three sixty degree turn from I'm selling weapons or sorry one eighty uh, from I'm selling weapons to 
oh gosh, what am I doing? I can't sell weapons anymore. Which, uh, he, he's a very, like, um, a cool character to watch in, in, his, in his arc from, like, oh, you know, I'm just a party, like, playboy, you know, selling weapons, and then to have him go, like, almost, not really 360, but, like I said, 180, to, like, becoming a, a more responsible person, which I think was very cool. Uh, Iron Man 2 uh, kind of continued on to that series, but made him, I think it fleshed out his character arc way more than Iron Man 1, because I feel like they realized as they were making these movies, oh, like his 180 turn is not super 180. And it gave a little bit more like drama to his arc from, it didn't just go from like, oh, I'm partying at casinos to, oh, now I've gone straight and I'm a totally responsible person. But it, ma it made him kind of um, have a deeper, a deeper meaning to his arc. And so I feel like Iron Man, the Iron Man movies are all about him changing himself and being a changed man. And like they, he even says in an Iron Man 3, he says, I'm a, I have become a changed man. And I think that's all about what the Iron Man movies are about, is about redemption. And it's cool that they fleshed it out in those movies. Anyway, um, that was our little feature for the Marvel run. And now to, I think uh, this is going to be the last feature. Uh, I kind of want to do these in short little segments, maybe 20-minute podcast to start out your week. Um, or end your week, who knows. Um, so this feature is all about uh, gaming. I'm, I'm a big fan of tabletop gaming. And lately I've come to realize that my parents uh, and my brother are not as into it as I am. So I came up um, with a list of the games that they particularly like and the games that are, I think, good for beginners or casual gamers. And so I present to you the feature uh, of today, which is the top five games for casual gamers. Okay, so first up on this list, we have Catan, Settlers of Catan. Now, this isn't necessarily a simple type game. It's kind of got a learning arc, but it's definitely cool for when you're just kind of partying. It, it's, it's a cool game for when you just have a few people over and you're wondering what to do and you just pull out this game and it's amazing. And above, above that, too, you have all the expansions. Uh, we have the Seafarers expansion and the Traders and Knights, I think it was, uh, the expansion for that. Um, so that is awesome because it, 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 even if you learn the game uh, and you've kind of mastered it, it's also randomized uh, and you can always learn something new about this game. So that's why I love Catan. Uh, it's not my parents' like favorite game to play, but it's if I pull it out, um, they'll they'll play it. So that's always fun. Uh, the next game is Triominos. Uh, this game is a game that I got when I was pretty little, and it's simple. And it, it, it's sort of like dominoes mixed with, um, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's dominoes, but it's like three-sided dominoes. It's a triangle. And each side of the triangle has a number. And you basically try and connect the numbers as so that they're matching. And the person who runs out of their tiles uh, wins. And it's a simple game. And it's a, it's a fun game to score. Because even if you think you're losing, you can always get something crazy and end up winning again. So it's a pretty wacky game. And also very, very simple learning curve. So that's always fun. Next up is Flux. Uh, I've never actually played Flux with my parents. But I think if I did they'd really like it um it it's uh there's multiple flux games and i think you can mix them together if i'm not mistaken 
Uh, there's like Marvel Flux, there's Zombie Flux, those are the ones that I have. But there's also like Anatomy Flux, or uh, Planet Flux, or Doctor Who, or there's probably like tons of them out there. You can get all kinds of Flux. Um, but Flux is a game where you can also um, you can also kind of change the rules because there is a base game which is just draw one, play one. But there are certain types of cards where you can change the rules. So you can draw three, play one, or draw three, discard one, play one. So and then it it also changes because the the way you win is always different. You can like play a card that's like, oh, you win by having these cards. But then someone else could play one and say, oh, no, 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 you win by having these cards, or you win by doing this. And it's always different and always wacky. And I just had to add Flux to my list. All right, so next on the list, we have Ticket to Ride, which is probably my parents' favorite game. Ticket to Ride is uh, very simple to learn and also very reward very rewarding. And I believe it was like a, a winner of like Game of the Year or something. Um, it says that on the box. Um, but Ticket to Ride is a very... Um, it's it's very fun, but it's also challenging, yet simple, and it's um, it's one of those games that I think will go down in history as like a best one of the not really one of the best games of all time, but I think one of the best games of when it came out. I think it's it's ahead of its time. Uh, my last one is not necessarily a game, but it's it's very fun for when you have multiple people, and it, it doesn't really give you rules, but it has different ways you can play. And this is a game that I think is fun when you're camping or when you're just kind of like you're you're out back and you're kind of, you know, there's nothing really to do and you just need something to fill the time. And this is Story Cubes. And there's a lot you can you can buy with these. I have the Epic Quest Story Cubes and they're basically cubes with pictures on them. They're like dice, but they have pictures of boats or shields or swords or all sorts of different items or places or people. And you come up with stories based on them. So, like one person would, like this is how we play. Was uh, we have we give one dice to each person who's playing, and a uh, person rolls a die, and uh, they start a story. So, if I got a shield, I would say like, oh, once upon a time there was a, a grand knight, and he uh, his most precious item was his shield. And if someone says, uh, if someone gets like a cave, they would say, oh, and he got it from his great cave. And, you know, you kind of build a story from there. And it's a really fun game to play, uh, especially with kids and, and parents, too. And it's just a really fun game. Uh, all of these games, I think, are great for, for beginners. And I think there are, uh, you know, there's uh, different opinions for everyone whose game is better for beginners. But I think this is something of uh, my opinion and, and my collection, at least, and what I think is great for beginners. Okay, so that wraps up our podcast. This has been the Geekly Weekly Podcast. My name is Owen, and this is uh, your Geekly Weekly News for the week. Stay geeky. See you guys later.